0: have we got a show for you today marvel monsters the marvel monster era dominated the 1970s they just exploded out of the gate with a new lease on life with books about vampires and werewolves and frankenstein's monster and mummies they were at the forefront of this new movement why did it happen when it happened how did those books become so successful cuz they they just absolutely blew off the charts and filled the racks and it is such an important part of my childhood and as everyone jumps now into the halloween season in the first week of september we do the same we are all about the age of marvel monsters on today's all new Rob observations Hey everybody, this is Rob Liefeld. You are listening to another episode of Rob Observations. Rob Observations, the show where we smash up all the pop culture with all the comic books because that's all there is now. That's all there is. I am bombarded. There's Rings of Power, there's House of Dragon, there's The Boys, there's Thor Love and Thunder on Disney Plus, there's weekly episodes of She-Hulk, there's the making of Obi-Wan. Uh, series which follows the Obi-Wan series that just ended there's a trailer for Andor it's everywhere it has surpassed every geek expectation I ever had I really need to just completely double triple quadruple down on this this world that we live in right now is a realization of everything I used to dream of I've shared with you guys I can remember very specifically and if I haven't you're hearing this for the first time we uh, my wife and I in Orange County around 1999 to 2000, right? Probably late fall, 1999. We were driving together. We'd been married a few years. She, my wife, enjoys movies and television. Um, not as much as I do. She would prefer to read a book. She's read like a hundred books this this year alone. I, I, she devours a book a week. It's, it's sometimes, sometimes more. You know, two will get gobbled up on vacation. This woman loves to read biographies. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, fiction. No, I mean, just just every category. She's always consuming. I love movies and television. I edge her out ever so slightly, but I am so fortunate that I was able to marry, you know, someone who was so, uh, you know, into storytelling. She loves storytelling. And as we were driving over the 57 freeway on... Your Belinda Boulevard in Fullerton, California, right as we are approaching Cal State Fullerton from the other side of Yorba Belinda Boulevard, I was like, man, I just wish that, that there'd come a day where like the latest movie or the newest sci-fi event was offered to me in my home and I could buy it all at once or I could buy it on a subscription basis, but I could at least have the option of having it beamed right into my home. And yes, I used beamed as if it was some sort of you know, signal. No one saw the cord cutting that streaming would, you know, um, w- w- would involve. But here we are. Here we are. You get entire series delivered to you. Boom. Cobra Kai is coming. Cobra Kai season five will will arrive in its entirety this weekend. You know, uh, the the Netflix model gives it to you all at once. As you know, Hulu sometimes starts with two to three episodes. Marvel maybe two. You know, I, I guess Andor is going to start with three and then it goes to every week. But the quality, the expansive scope, the visual fx what what, what started with Game of Thrones, which obviously took, you know, what we got the ball running in the Lord of the Rings films and, and put it right in front of our uh, noses and our, in front of our TVs, our, 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 our viewing devices, whatever they may be. Uh, With Game of Thrones, an R-rated fantasy series that took us all by storm. Now with House of Dragon, history is repeating itself. I just, so Rob'servations is mostly me going, what? How did that happen? No, Rob'servations is taking you on the journey that I have been on since 1974, walking through spinner racks and collecting adventures and storytelling in the, in the, in the, in, in the, in my favorite delivery device, which is comic books. Cause I will never ever love a film or a television show and I could love them so much, but I will never love them more than a comic book. There's something magic about the comic book journey, about the connection. And if you feel it and you know it, then you know what I'm talking about. Not everyone has that same connection, but there's no doubt now after all these years that the source material is indeed uh, possibly the most viable source material when it comes to launching these big expansive worlds that can go across all different platforms whether it's gaming cartoons film television episodic whatever so that is the world of observations that we are exploring at all time it started with me walking through my uh exploration of comic books as a fan from seven to eight to nine to ten through my teenage years how marvel and dc transformed how their priorities changed how uh, for instance superman took a backseat to batman how the avengers and the fantastic four eventually and spider-man took a backseat to the x-men and all its roaring crazy heat i've talked about important creators uh, architects of whom that you are still seeing the scope and influence of their work when you turn on these shows and watch them on your devices, whether it's your 70 inch, you know, uh, uh, 4k television, or whether it's on your phone, I still can't believe how many people in my family consume stuff on their phones. I don't understand why they choose the smallest screen when they have so many other options. I have made our house extremely friendly to storytelling, but it loses often to the smaller devices. So one thing that we have scratched the surface on here, uh, in, in, in previous episodes, but today we're going whole hog because let me tell you, if you live in the United States of America, and I appreciate all of our international listeners, but as right as of right now, prior to Labor Day, prior to Labor Day, so prior to the end of summer, prior to the last weekend, first week of September, you could go into retail outlets like Target and CVS and Walmart and many big box stores and you are going to see, yes, Halloween displays. D, uh, Disney <laughs> Disney has already transformed their parks to reflect Halloween. They did it in the last week of summer. There's bats. There's monsters. There's, there's, there's cobwebs. It's got its Halloween vibe. They want you to do Halloween for two full months at Disneyland, the entirety of September, the entirety of October. The other theme parks here in Southern California, the other Big Mammoth theme, theme parks, Universal Studios and Knott's Berry Farm. Do not ever sleep on Knott's Berry Farm. If you come through Orange County, if you want to go to the absolute best roller coaster rides, because Knott's Berry Farm doubled down about 25 years ago on having just the best roller coaster rides, they have some crazy great. Roller coaster rides that I believe surpass the actual roller coaster experience that you're going to get at Disneyland. That's at Knott's Berry Farm. Knott's Berry Farm has been a constant in my life as well. In Buena Park since I was a wee lad, I have gone since I you know can remember. It was we would bounce between Knott's Berry Farm and Disneyland. Universal Studios also went as as a very young boy when they opened the Jaws ride. So that that that'll give you like they opened the Jaws ride in the late '70s. We we had our giant mechanical shark coming after us as we cross the bridge and the bridge submerged into the water and the shark and the fin that all came after us. I'm I'm telling you like 1977, like only a couple years after the Spielberg uh, movie just took everybody by storm. We had a Jaws ride that we were riding in universal studios for years and years and years. The Jaws ride was the big, I mean, it was the single biggest attraction marketing for Universal Studios, so Southern California has these three big theme parks. They have all now transformed into Halloween theme parks. And let me let me double down on this. Not only is the candy in the stores and the costumes and all of the you know spooky themed stuff uh, <clears throat> over Labor Day, my friends in Tennessee were uploading their footage of them wandering through completely insane. Haunted houses. You were you were going into haunted houses in in on Labor Day, <laughs> traditionally the holiday that celebrates the end of summer. Well, we have now fast tracked to Halloween full time as fast as we possibly can. I, I knew we used to fast track Christmas, but boy, this is the fastest I can remember. And I know it's been creeping up and creeping up and creeping up. But now we are in full fledged. I mean, we're going to be doing Halloween yeah, like right after Fourth of July next year. I mean, it, it is like. <laughs> The retailers want you to want the stuff they have and, you know, more power to them. Who am I to judge? I'm just reporting on what I see. My friends were in the most kick-ass haunted houses, live footage on Labor Day. I mean, monsters coming out of the shadows, you know, all the different mazes. This incredible, just incredible, like, man bat, like, swinging upside down from them. A guy in this incredible, you know, uh, uh, latex... Bat costume with wings and his Snout, I mean it was, it was amazing I was just going, I, I, I couldn't believe it. We're, we're doing Haunted Houses So with that in mind There is there is no time like the present To discuss a huge Part of of my youth And a transformative part of the comics industry And that is the Marvel Monsters So we are deep diving into the Marvel Monsters This will probably take a couple installments But it's really good stuff Marvel, uh, really really invested in the entire breadth of a Marvel MonsterVerse. And these books went for years. I mean, five, six, seven years. In a time where they would launch, you know, in a a time where they were launching books featuring Avengers characters and X-Men characters mashed up in like the Champions. In a time they were uh, launching you know, World War II themed uh, super books that had Captain America and Prince Namor the Submariner and the Human Torch front and center. Red Skull. I mean, Invaders basically went as long uh, and 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 and, and, la- and and had as much uh, did did not have as much reach as one of the books that we're going to s- discuss today. The, the these monster books they hit a nerve, and you know I've talked to you guys about kids of my generation, my, my, um, seventies, late seventies kids. So people who are in their late forties, early fifties. And, and, and honestly, I'm going to tell you why we matter. You know, I was on my whatnot. I've, I've, sp- I've spoken about my whatnot. Uh, the, the whatnot app is fantastic. You can sell all manners of, co- of collectibles. I mean, there's, there's high end kicks, uh, uh, shoes. There's, you know, trading cards, all the trading card games, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, all that stuff. There's anime stuff there's funko pops, there's toys, there's comic books. I kind of jumble into the comic book and the toy and the Funko division depending on the show but I've been on there for you know just shy of two months having a really good time and I can't believe the uh, interaction the inner just the interconnectivity of, of all of these different pop culture collectibles and how they come come together on this incredible app called whatnot hats off to the people who perfected this app and all of the ways that it's uniting us, connecting us, showing us all the stuff that's possible. People are constantly selling. Some people have like 24 hour channels. It's really impressive. I'm, I'm doing about a, one show a week now, but I'm, I'm telling you this because I'm on it. I'm, I'm navigating and I'm looking, I'm checking around. And, uh, you know, I ask people, how old are you? What, you know, to, to the people who are buying and some of the stuff isn't cheap. This is all fairly expensive In the realms of collecting cards, uh, collectible high-end figures, Funko's, you know, signed comics. Everybody, I'm 41, 42, 43, 44, 48, 49. The 40s is a number that I'm seeing a lot now because look, you've got your career, you've um, been in your career for probably 20 years, maybe longer. Um, We have we have buying power, and I'm talking to the men and the women who are out there of that age. You are the buying power. You determine what your um, you know kids get for. Christmas, the big electronics—you know, uh, the, the, whether, whether it's a laptop, whether it's an iPad, an iPhone, whether it's a video game, you know, a toy off the shelf at at, at Target or, or Walmart—you know, we are driving the consumer base. So, a lot of us, when we grew, we, we were growing up in the late mid '70s, late '70s, early '80s, because of the different groups that I'm involved with in on Facebook, and I've, I've been really on, honest how. Uh, Facebook, the groups kind of saved me. I was lo- the, losing interest in the platform, but, but being able to be a part of all these different groups, uh, really widened my interest. And I was able to connect with other people, you know, who obviously, and that's where this is going, shared some of my experiences and my interest, except all the way on the other coast. You know, I've, I've, I've told my wife, I, I think her, her eyes slowly roll in the back of that her head. If I tell her about, you know, Monday through Friday, there was every planet of the ape, uh, movie twice a year. And, and then there'd be Kung Fu movies, uh, martial arts madness week. So every week you got a Bruce Lee or Bruce Lye movie. And, uh, you know, the planet of the apes, you got Godzilla movies Monday through, through Friday, depending on the week, these, these programmers and and on the ABC network on channel seven, the the affiliates out here in Southern California from three o'clock to five o'clock before the afternoon talk show that really took flight with Oprah. Um, which you know then knocked down the door for Rosie and and for 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 you know uh, 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 Jerry Springer and 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 then Ellen. But it, the only person really in that space was Donahue, a guy named Donahue. But but when Oprah came in and occupied it, three to five became this heavy duty talk show space from like the early '80s on through. But in the '70s and possibly before, I can only deal with what what I was experiencing. The afternoons, 3 to 5, before your local news. There was no eyewitness news. There was no local news at 4 o'clock either. It was 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock. It was a block of movies. And clearly, it was a very successful block because it went on for a long time. They they, they sold a lot of advertising. I mean, obviously, as you get older, you realize that's what occupies each space is stuff that they believe they can sell advertisers on, whether it's selling you fast food, selling you cola, selling you laundry detergent, whatever it was, it was on sale from three to five and on channel seven, ABC network, Southern California. It was on these movie platforms, the afternoon movie. It was just called the afternoon movie, the ABC afternoon movie. And there was theme weeks. Well, I learned that the guys in New York, New Jersey, Cincinnati, they had the same thing. Their ABC affiliates were doing the same thing because they're like, Hey, remember go ape week where they have a different ape movie you know, and so that you got Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Battle of the Planet of the Apes. I just like saying that to keep it fresh, okay? It helps me remember the order. But among those, and, and here's where I'm going here, is all the different monsters. There were, if you don't think October was all Monster Week, there was as many Dracula and vampire movies as to fill a couple weeks. Then you got your werewolf slash Wolfman movies. Then you got all of your Frankensteins. Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Revenge of Frankenstein, Son of Frankenstein, okay? You know, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. I mean, all, all this stuff. Then you got the comedies, Abbott and Costello, and a, a comedy act. The Three Stooges, a comedy act. They had done team-ups with the monsters. So the monsters were everywhere. Don't even get me started on The Mummy, okay? Then there's The Mummy movies. So the month of October, as a kid, you were glued to your television, and you got all these movies, and they're all in black and white. Because they all, you know, were 20 years old. These were not fresh movies. So why is it that in 1974, finally Marvel cracks it open and you get a Dracula book, you get a Wolfman book, you get a Frankenstein book, you get a Mummy book, you get you get a like Monsters Unleashed title that features all of them, okay? That features all of them. They, they even attempted Ghost Rider, they threw Ghost Rider in the team and they did a one-shot where they were all in a monster. Group and Ghostwriter was part of it. I mean, they they were getting really creative. Well, here's the deal. And this is why, this is why we share. This is why we share. I'm going to tell you exactly why that came to be, how that happened. Why suddenly all of these monster books broke out. And and I'm telling you again, uh, listen, listen, kids, listen, kids. These books ran a long time with annuals, with specials. Again, werewolf by night, werewolf by night, which we are going to discuss today, you know, doesn't ship its last episode. uh, It doesn't ship its last issue until werewolf by night number 43. It ran for nearly five years with specials, with giant size. It pulled the plug in March, 1977. I'm seeing werewolf by night being very judicious about which ones I buy because the monster books were the ones that my parents liked the least. But just wait till we get the Frankenstein monster. I mean, he's in the Avengers. He teams up with Spider-Man, but so does Werewolf by Night. So Werewolf by Night, the thing that Marvel did with all these monsters is they integrated them. They integrated them very quickly. But the very first Marvel by Night, the uh, Werewolf by Night gets, gets, gets scratched at in 1972. And then Boom, he's off to the races. 1973, 1974, 1975, 1976. 1977 is his last issue, but that is five years of the werewolf by night of Jack Russell, which I always laughed because of the Jack Russell Terrier. You are hearing my pages flip as I am going to read to you some wonderful context that's going to kind of show you as I as, as I was always wondering like why did it take Marvel so long to 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 give us these great adventures given that the world was really into I mean really into monsters They were super into monsters uh, obviously monster movies were, were a giant profit center for Hollywood. that's why they made so many of them. that's why they had you know I was a teenage werewolf and, and look, growing up, obviously, I mean, I've seen Jack Nicholson play a wolf in, in wolf. I've obviously James Spader in, in the exact same movie. I've seen Michael J. Fox play a wolf. I mean, we've seen all manner of characters on these shows called, uh, called, called the teen wolf shows. And, and Marvel is even preparing as we've all been reading a werewolf by night special. So werewolf by night and Jack Russell. will we'll, we'll be making their way to these screens eventually, but here's the deal. Here's the ticket. Before I start this, I'm going to tell you right now, the comics code used to be on all the comic books. And it said, this hasn't been approved by the comics code. Let me just get, we're not going to do an entire episode on the comics. Code. We're not going to give it that much bandwidth. We're just going to start and begin and end with the comics code was outdated from the minute I started picking up comics. It was completely outdated, but it plays a huge role uh, in, uh, in in why the Marvel Comics monster label just blew up. And here it is. Roy Thomas, who was the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics at the time, he was the guy that followed uh, Stan Lee. They called him Roy the Boy. Uh, He he was very young. Stan handpicked him, saw in him kind of a young version of himself. And so, uh, the Comics Code had been updated it had updated itself after two full decades and uh they had informed publishers that vampires, werewolves and some occult material were now allowed to come out of the closet n- n- not not again i'm reading this from from Roy Thomas okay he's literally meaning like they had been you know closeted in in the in 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 regards to the fact that they were forbidden fruit could not interact with these images. They scared people. I had to be worried about bringing werewolf by night comics home uh, because my parents were so um, fearful that the occult was in these comics and it would affect their Puritan little Baptist, you know, son, little, little Robbie was going to be corrupted by comic books. And maybe I was, and I just haven't realized the depth of which I was yet. (laughs) There's, there's always that possibility. But in the meantime, vampires, werewolves were allowed to come out of the closet. Roy Thomas says, He goes, frankly, Stan and I thought it was about time. He says, in an era of atomic bombs and napalm, there is something almost quaint about the idea of Bela Lugosi running around. That's the original monster guru, Dracula, all the others. Bela Lugosi running around in an old opera cape or Lon Chaney Jr. turning all furry in a clumsily spliced movie sequence right before our unstartled eyes. That's him kind of taking a swipe at those brilliant, black and white movies I speak so highly of. How dare you? How dare you, Roy? He says, in short, Stan Lee and I, as well as many other comic book publishers and readers themselves, felt that there was nothing inherently wrong with werewolves, vampires, and the rest of the inhuman (sighs) paraphernalia of fantasy and folklore. Really, it is all the way they're handed. Take an axe murderer with a policeman hot on his trail and you can get either front page detective thrills or Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. Dracula, we figured, was as recognizably a classic of uh, literature as many other works which lie forlorn and neglected on library shelves around the world. Ditto for Frankenstein. So they're talking about the Dracula, Frankenstein. They're talking about the the, the literary um, classics that had inspired all these movies that I told you that Hollywood had been making all throughout the 50s and 60s that were now, you know, my generation was growing up in heavy doses, especially in the month of October, which is when Halloween used to start, not August. Okay. So anyway, Roy goes on to say that that's that's as much as I'm going to read directly from Roy, because uh, he gives it to you. He would know. He would know it was the Comics Code that basically now said we're not going to give you trouble. We're not. These, these publishers were in fear of the Comics Code. They needed their books, and their parent companies wanted those books to have the the. Comics Code Authority on them so it communicated to worrisome parents like Patty and Paul Leifeld that this book does not contain the devil. The devil will not possess your child if he reads this book, okay? Whatever they believe the Comics Code Authority, that little shield was offering. Everybody had abandoned the Comics, authority, Comics Code by late 1990s, early 2000s. They all realized it was outdated. It had been outdated for so long. Stuff like Image Comics never adhered to it independent comics didn't adhere to it direct market comics didn't need to adhere to it but marvel wanted with and dc if their stuff was going to get carried on the newsstand they still wanted that special cover that the comics code supposedly provided well what roy really wanted to do roy wanted to tell the story of a young lycanthropy which is the bougie word for werewolf um or wolfman he wanted to do a a a, a story about a young man who was dealing with the fact that he was also a werewolf, a wolfman. Well, he had an idea. He wanted to call it I werewolf and tell it from the first person perspective of the person who was turning into the werewolf. And uh, before he went to press in Marvel spotlight with in Marvel spotlight, number two, with the first I werewolf, Stan, you know, he credits Stan was saying, that's not a good name. The I werewolf, the I werewolf preceding werewolf in the logo is distracting and it it is distracting as a title as a logo so he says right here he said uh stan lee came up with the moniker werewolf by night instead since the only thing that really mattered to me was i that i was intending to narrate the stories from the first person that was fine with me otherwise i was free to develop this thing as i wished and with whom i wished. now let me tell you something they knocked it out of the park because one of the reasons I wanted the Werewolf by Night books, and one one episode that you have heard me reference Werewolf by Night ad nauseum, is the Moon Knight episode that was out early this last spring of this year because that is where Moon Knight was, you know, debuted, and I've and I've and I've um, pointed out in there that without Werewolf, find out without Jack Russell, you don't even get to Moon Knight because Moon Knight. In and of himself and and Don Perlin and Doug Mensch, who created Moon Knight, go go on to tell you that they needed a mercenary, a hired kind of uh bounty hunter that would be hired by this occult group to bring Jack Russell slash werewolf by night in. And by hiring uh Mark Specter, Moon Knight, he has monikers of you know, that's why he has half-crescent moons and his name is Moon Knight. They thought this would be perfect. We're going to get a guy that embodies all of the symbolism and weaknesses of our lead character, Werewolf by Night. So Moon Knight, whose um, first appearance you're, you are you know, obviously paying a lot more for nowadays because he has exploded onto the scene. Moon Knight came into, uh, he came into being and you were introduced to him in... Uh, Werewolf by Night 32 and 33, he also appeared in a couple other issues after that. But in Werewolf by Night 32 and 33, The Stalker Called Moon Knight and Wolf Beast versus Moon Knight were two very exciting, very visually appealing comic books. They appeared on the stands. And let me tell you something. Every one of the Werewolf by Night covers is fantastic. I, the, the one thing that I was uh, just poring over before coming on air and, and recording today's episode was I was looking over all of the visual visualization of this series and first of all other than my 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 favorite issues are the issues actually drawn by superstar Gil Kane Gil Kane uh is one of at at one point he was Marvel's dedicated cover artist he had come to prominence drawing Green Lantern the Flash Adam at DC Comics he then went on to do and become Marvel's dedicated cover artist for uh many many years and I mean honestly my youth the bronze era of comics, that sweet spot of 1974 to like 1978 is all Gil Kane covers. There are some months where books come out and the Avengers, the fantasy Four, the defenders, Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Ghost Rider have Gil Kane covers as the cover artist. He took it very seriously to pencil each and every Conan Cole. I mean, all of them, I can keep rattling them off. He did much, if not all of the werewolf by night, uh, a lot of the key covers and and uh, he did uh, issues he did interiors for a couple issues. Issues 11 and 12 are drawn by uh, Gil Kane and the, the the cliffhanger. The last splash page of issue 11 I just stared at and he and he um, he looks to replicate that with the opening shot of issue 12, but it it's uh, it's close. But man, that, that last splash page where, where, where Moon Knight has been captured by the hangman and uh, he's struggling with the noose around his neck as the hangman you know, pulls him up um, high in the sky dangling by this rope. Uh, the artwork in this stuff is great, especially as far as the 70s goes. But they really had a secret weapon in a man named Mike Plug, P-L-O-O-G. I've mentioned him before in a fantasy episode called uh, Weird World where we, where, where we uh, discuss... Uh, in our sword and sorcery series that we started last year and if you were to look through the Rob observations catalog and look under under sword and sorcery you get a number of different items that we've discussed how marvel got into it how dc echoed it um, where they both uh, took them respectively and pushed the boundaries mike Plug, uh had started on all, all these monster books he's on he's on the frankenstein's monster uh, book as well and he's he really kicks off all of the uh, goodness in in werewolf by night he is very, and he would tell you, very influenced by one of the masters of the craft, one of the master illustrator storytellers of our time named Bernie Wrightson, who in his own right is as um, important uh, as as Neil Adams. Not as prolific, but to impact as many people with the limited body of work that he had. He would also go on to do some, some horror stuff himself, viewed as horror stuff with Swamp Thing. And launched Swamp Thing, creating Swamp Thing at DC Comics alongside Mr. Len Ween. But Mike Plug was kind of an understudy, very, very, very uh, influenced by Bernie Retzig. But Mike would leave comics and go do animation, working alongside the great, uh, literally elevated Ralph Bakshi, who would do Lord of the Rings, Fire and Ice. Uh, Mike Plug became a uh, Hollywood storyboard artist, character uh, designer, character creator. Was in very was in huge demand, and again, so many of these artists they just want to draw for a living, and I saw it firsthand at Extreme Studios. There was a group of guys who once they realized how much uh, you're banging your head against the wall producing a 22-page comic plus cover, and that's if it stays 22 pages. Maybe it's 23, maybe it's 24, maybe it's 25, but plus cover. It's grind. It's a lot. And then you agonize over every line because you want the, the work to be reproduced exactly as you in, intended it to, which is why so many guys take up to inking themselves, why Todd started inking himself, why I started inking themselves. I tried to um, sidebar here. At Extreme Studios, I think our strength was the seven or Eight great, fantastic inkers that we cultivated between behind Norm Ratman and Danny Mickey and Art Taber and Dan Panosian and John Sabal and Marlo Alcaiza and uh, Jaime Mendoza and Larry Stucker. Everyone could give you a very polished, clean commercial uh, line. They understood rendering. They understood all of the demands of the time in regards uh, to, to the very sharp razor-like line work that everyone wanted with the thick and the thins and very sharp turns and cuts and all the different blends of lines. Uh, even even with that, there were guys who were like, oh, I just it just I I just I just saw something different in my head, and I'm like, man, you didn't have to come up where all we had to choose from was brush inkers, brush inkers, okay? But uh, you know these guys uh, from from Mike Plug on, you know, again at Extreme, there's Jeff Matsuda, there's Chap Yap, there's Sam Liu, a lot of these guys, Stephen Platt himself, 20 plus years, Dan Frega, they realize I could go draw which is what i really want to do i can uh maybe not have it be as polished on every page in every single panel i can pick my spots i can uh my bottom line is to impress the client who is hiring me to storyboard and or character design do some turnarounds whatever i mean in character design means design the character to look the world but i don't have to do it with eight to six panels a page across 22 pages plus cover and then agonize how it's inked and how it's colored and how it's going to live on everyone's shelves for the rest of you know the rest of my life if i'm the artist speaking they get to do all of this behind the scenes work they need to do storyboard i mean i have seen dan frega's storyboards i have seen jeff matsuda's costume designs i have looked at this stuff i have, i have just been so enamored um but it's it's not all print ready But the information that's there is enough to get it it where it needs to be, which is to motivate the director and the cinematographer and all the other storytellers that are going to follow. Mike Plug, the artist that came to Renown on these monster books, and is very much, if you were to say Mike Plug to guys from the Bronze Age, they all know who he is. Fantasy monsters horror he did it so beautifully he drew very attractive figures faces great rendering again kind of a a junior bernie wrightson if you will he was the artist that launched werewolf by night so and even even in his um in his recollection even in his recollection roy thomas says we got lucky we got a kid who was wandering into the offices with his samples and he basically tells you that like this kid had already been hired from it by another publisher. Now, he doesn't identify who it was. <clears throat> For all intents and purposes, it could be... It, it may not have been DC Comics. It could have been Warren Publishing. Um, it could... You know, Marvel had... I mean, Charlton and Gold Key. I mean, there were other publishers during that time, but Marvel was seen as the gold standard. And he says that Mike Pluge had shown him his work, and he said, uh, well, could, could you maybe do this? And it said that Mike had decided that he wanted to work with Marvel over the other publisher. Here, I've got it right here. I'm going to read this directly from Roy Thomas' recollection, which comes from him writing in Werewolf by Night back in 1975. He says, enter one Mike Plug, boy artist. He showed up at our offices with some stunning samples under his arm. Actually, it was a job he had already began penciling for a rival company. He said that he would rather work for Marvel instead and was hired on the spot. We were originally going to do a cowboy book called Tin Star, but that never never came off. It was in the origin of the tale of Werewolf by Night that Mir- Miraculous Mike Pluge made his debut. Detail by detail, growl by growl, I went over the plot with Mike in the minuscule Marvel uh, lunchroom. Soon, he was an, as enthusiastic about the piece as I was and began to contribute great bits which would flesh out the bare bones of the plot. That is the great thing about the Marvel method of plotting. When it's really clicking, you get the bust of both writer and artist. With neither feeling, he's being overshadowed by the other. Uh, He says, Mike had, at that time, Mike Ploog had penciled the first 27-page epic. uh, and, And Roy Thomas says, I was up to my loincloths in Conan because he had been doing Conan now with Barry Windsor Smith, and so he had to hand hand off the rest of the writing assignments to Jerry Conway, later Marv Wolfman. And again, what better name to be attached to Werewolf by Night than Marv Wolfman? Well, aside from uh, the introduction of Moon Knight, which would come a little later, this is when you start to see suddenly Marvel has a Frankenstein's monster book they're doing well suddenly frankenstein monster is integrated into werewolf by night he's battling werewolf by night they advertise it on the cover giant size werewolf number one man beast versus man monster the monster of frankenstein Kane cover no matter which creature wins this girl dies says the evil priest who's about to sacrifice the girl on the altar on the cover of giant size werewolf number one and first splash page it's got Uh, uh, Frankenstein's monster choking out werewolf by night. It says the Frankenstein monster meets werewolf by night. They're already integrating their Marvel um, monsters. Some would say their Marvel themselves would call them their um, marvelous macabre macabre monsters. Prior to that, issues before, Marvel had done their um, Tomb of Dracula book, which was critically acclaimed... Uh, written by Marv Wolfman, illustrated by the late great Gene Colan, who I feel like did the work of his career. Uh, G- Gene Colan had an Iron Man and Daredevil, and he did Captain America. And he did all manner of great stories, uh, fan- Avengers, uh, a, a tenure on the Avengers for Marvel Comics. But when he did Tomb of Dracula, which was normal people in jackets and shirts and 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 uh, and slacks and and uh, detective long coats and you know. Dracula himself in his in his cape. This is like the work of Gene Colan's career. Gene Colan, Tom Palmer combined and gave, uh, I feel like Marvel Wolfman's best writing, honestly, better than anything he did on Teen Titans, is this over-the-top drama of Tomb of Dracula, which became a critically acclaimed bestseller for Marvel Comics, also went the longest, published the longest of all of these different monster books. But, of course, in Werewolf by Night, number 19, he is battling to, you know, Dracula himself from the pages of tomb of Dracula. So they're integrating the Dracula, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 Dracula book with the Wolfman book with the Frankenstein book in the tomb of Dracula, 18 Gil Kane cover werewolf by night is swooping down on top of, uh, the, you know, Dracula who's carrying away a beautiful mistress. He's about to go feast on. And it says man by day, werewolf by night. Two of Marvel's here it is most macabre superstars macabre in a battle of the monsters. So Marvel is already getting their Legion of Monsters, and that's that one shot I mentioned. It's got Ghost Rider in it. It's got Werewolf by Night. It's got um, I believe Man Thing. They were creating their Legion of Monsters, and so uh, so this was uh, this was kind of the path they were going on. And then one day again, uh, in, 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 in little, little kids like Robbie Liefeld got super excited because. We weren't doing monster team-ups, no hell no. We were teaming up with freaking Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man is now swinging uh through Werewolf by Night stories and Werewolf by Night is swinging through Spider-Man stories and don't sleep on Morbius the Vampire. Yes, the Jared Leto classic that character was Morbius was coming from the pages of Spider-Man and into the uh the 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 storylines and the existence of... Of Werewolf by Night, no less than uh, Marvel Team-Up, number 12. And Spider-Man started to team up with all these monsters with great regularity. Uh, He did the same with Frankenstein's Monster, Frankenstein's Monster, also in two of my absolute mind-blowing favorite issues of The Avengers. Um, I just like the way these characters look. Again, I was pre-programmed. All of those afternoon movies, all of those, you know, uh, monster mashups, all all of those October programming, all the Halloween stuff, all the, you know, I was a teenage werewolf, werewolf, man-wolf, wolf-man. You know, wolf-man meets Frankenstein. Frankenstein versus werewolf, all those movies. I was pre-programmed for all this stuff. Well, kick-ass cover of Marvel Team-Up number 12 finds Spider-Man fighting werewolf high atop a bridge in Manhattan. It says, two of Marvel's mightiest and most mysterious in a battle of the death. Wolf at large, spider at bay. Oh, I cannot even tell you. They had a couple covers that said, Hulk at bay. If it if it said at bay on it, I was like Hulk at bay, Spider Man at bay. That means like badass. That means their backs up are against the wall. I knew it. So, um, Marvel team up twelve. Waste no time on the second page. Spider Man is literally swinging across the bridge. Wolf, uh, werewolf, find Jack Russell attacks him. They are squaring off. They are fighting. They're upside down. They're, fa- they're falling. They're kicking. They're punching. You know, we finally again. What did I tell you? The old Marvel method. Boom. Kick off with action. Gee, I wonder if there's seven pages of action. Open this up. Let's check and see. Is there one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pages of action Oh, on the seventh page? Wolfman, the werewolf by night fell into the water below the bridge. So then next page, Peter Parker puts on his clothes. He's going to go into work. Talk to J. Joan Jameson. Well, Werewolf by Night emerges from the water and goes into a diner and gets into a scruffle with Peter Parker, so we're even back to the action. I mean, this is, we only got a two-page breather. I mean, they are really selling this. Spider-Man continues to battle Werewolf by Night for the next three pages. I mean, we're into the teens now. And and then we're talking about the magician, uh, Moondark, who is going to present their, the threat for both of them. Jack Russell finally takes back his human form. Spider-Man uh, befriends him. He then, obviously in a rage, turns back into his werewolf form after a brief human... Uh, after retracting to be a human and then it ends with this giant battle i mean this is wall to wall do not take a breath then then of course he is standing over a uh a pentagram jack russell is uh and 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 uh as they uh confront moon dark in this um in this secret lair and moon dark disappears and at that point um spider-man goes i'm not going to hang around and cry over uh cry over the spilt milk of magicians and then he swings away and uh we're back to moon night that that's within moon nights i mean sorry we're, that's, we're back to werewolf by night within his first year he has already met spider-man marvel wanted you to love these characters they wanted to love you to absolutely love and adore their um their 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 werewolf their their um frankenstein's monster their i mean look they had the king, the lord of all vampires in dracula they had morbius who is a Spider-Man villain uh, uh, vampire? And again, like I said, Morbius is is going to tangle with um, with Werewolf by Night. He he he's, he is going to have this spectacular battle with Werewolf by Night, and it follows. It's immediately uh, following the Moon Knight issues in the aforementioned Legion of All Monsters. There's Werewolf by Night. There's Man Thing. There's Ghost Rider. There's Morbius. They team up. They make a team. And, and, and they, they fight alongside each other. And as a kid, I was all ready for more Legion of Monsters. Give me Monsters Unleashed. About a year later, as Werewolf Finite is winding down, he gets a kick-ass send-off. There's Brother Voodoo. Brother Voodoo um, uh, appears in a couple issues as we continue to build out the supernatural aspects of, uh, of, of the Werewolf Finite character. And then, no less then uh iron man shows up for werewolf by night's last two kick-ass issues great covers great art uh doug mensch had taken over uh, the guy who uh, also created moon Knight with don perlin they do a long-standing run on this book but but iron man spends two issues issues 42 and 43 uh i mean these are killer dave Cochran cover with uh Werewolf by Night jumping towards Iron Man. And it says, Beast Man versus Iron Man. Can the victor prevent the birth of a monster? And the story is called The Marauder and the Man of Iron. And the second part is the terrible threat of the Tri-Any Man. This is Animal Man who looks like half zebra, half monkey, and half alligator. Yes, I said half alligator. And uh, so Iron Man and and, and, uh, and, uh, Werewolf by Night throw down. It's an epic send-off. And then you got this... Sad letter in the back. Oh, breaking my heart. Just breaking my heart. From the scribe of Werewolf by Night himself says, try these on for size. Roy Thomas, Mike Plug, Jerry Conway, Tom Sutton, Len Wein, Marv Wolfman, Gil Kane, Mike Friedrich, Don F- Don Perlin, and modestly, myself. Fit the bill? How about their fictional counterparts? Jack Russell, Lisa, Buck, Cowan, Coker, Topaz, Elaine, Northrop, and Eddie. Then there's always the bad guys. Taboo, Hangman, Moon Knight. Marcos, Glitter Knight, Fire Eyes, The Three who are, all, who are All In, The Were Demon, and A Rogue's Gallery of Others. And those lists don't even begin to sum up the full entity, which was the Werewolf by Night experience. This book, for me at least, was always much more than a, conglom- a conglomeration of its individual components. It was unique. It was one of the first continuing supernatural series subsequent to the, li- to the liberalization of the comics code to feature a star character in its at its base format, as opposed to a plethora of myth, mystery anthology titles which had previously dominated the genre, it was the it was one of the first, if not the first, comic to carry and be narrated by, in the first person, an actual werewolf. Thus, transcending anything else that can be said about Werewolf by Night, it was always different, always offbeat. He said, "Roy Thomas, again, this is the last issue. He's informing you, so he's giving Roy his." Do Roy Thomas started the whole thing in conjunction with Stan Lee, by proposing a new teenage lycanthropy comic book title back in the midst of the inexorable horror boom? Okay, because again, they they had they had the comics code gave them the green light as we covered about twenty minutes back. So he says, and so this brings us. He says, and so this brings us to the la- to the latest werewolf by night artist. And one who has handled the series longer than anyone else, Don Perlin, an extremely accomplished storyteller as well as the visual designer of *Moon Knight*, one of the best-looking costume characters, if you'll pardon the semi-nepotistic endorsement, to appear in recent years. Working with Don, I must say, has been a distinct personal pleasure, and a true collaboration in the best sense of the word. Throughout a stream of stories ranging in style from grand Gugnall to far-out fantasy to hyperkinetic superheroes, Don Perlin has maintained a complete enthusiasm extending far beyond the requirements and responsibilities of the guy who draws the pictures. As Don's collaborator on some 20-plus stories, I thank him most sincerely. He says, Of course you've all guessed it by now, people. This is indeed the final issue of Werewolf by Night. For now at least. The old, must never, the old must ever step aside for the new in the world of publishing. Room for upcoming projects must ever be made, so you can look forward to a new Marvel title appearing henceforth in the Werewolf's vacated spot. But knowing Marvel, you can look forward to seeing Werewolf By night himself, again, somewhere and some other time. Until then, thank you for taking this ride. Be good. There is enough... I mean, this is one of the biggest omnibuses. When this became available like three years ago, I grabbed it day of. I had to have my Werewolf by night omnibus. I grabbed it. I consumed it. I relived my youth. I relived these these forbidden comics. The comics code may have made it okay, for Werewolf by Night to be published by Marvel and get to the newsstands, but it was difficult for me to navigate at home. I had to hide comics from my parents. Werewolf by Night was chief among them. But because we are in October now, even though this is early September, but we are hurtling towards Halloween, this is part of our now ongoing Marvel Monsters examination. Iron Man, Dracula, Morbius the Vampire and no less than Spider-Man swung through this five years of exceptional comic books. Werewolf by Night is going to come to your screen eventually. Lycanthropies are all over the place. Uh, like I said, you've got the longstanding Teen Wolf series. Um, you you you've got uh, all manner of of werewolf movies, Wolfman movies, and uh, and that we didn't even touch on the fact that you know J. Jonah Jameson's son he in, in Spider-Man lore himself becomes a werewolf, but they call him Man-Wolf, Man-Wolf, and Man-Wolf is going to straddle in the upcoming weeks, an episode that, that 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 gives us the best of sci-fi fantasy and the best of horror. Get ready for it. And the best of this monster, Marvel monsters boom. Among my favorites is Man-Wolf, but today the spotlight was and will remain on our good friend, the werewolf finite with whom without whom we would not get Mark Spector Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac must just get down on his knees and and, and give thanks to the mighty Werewolf Night every single day because baby, baby. Without it, there's no Moon Knight on Disney Plus. Werewolf by Night, I think, is coming to Disney Plus. I believe that's where we're going to see him next. But you got your primer on it today in our Marvel Monster series, which starts. Of course, it starts in the first week of September because you can go right now and get your Halloween candy, your Halloween costume. You can go on your Halloween ride to your Halloween Halloween theme park, all over Southern California, and probably in your backyard as well. So we have kicked off Marvel Monsters. We're going to be here. I don't know. Maybe it'll Christmas, Maybe we'll push it all the way through the other side. No, that's not that's not going to happen. But uh, this is rich, fertile territory because where we'll find out is one piece of, again, Tomb of Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, Legion of Monsters, Monsters Unleashed, Swamp Thing, Marvel exploded into the space, never looked back, and neither did we as fans. That entire Marvel Monsters era just really defined a certain... Uh, uh, Age of, of 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 my youth and in so many others and of Marvel Comics, and so uh, again we'll get, we'll continue to, to to pick at that. Should, should we call it a scab? Nah, it's too clean. Can't call it a scab. But we'll continue to pick at it as time goes by, especially as we are in the throes of Halloween in 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 the earliest days of fall. What are we kidding? It's not even summer yet. So you guys, at the end of every episode, I am blessed beyond blessed to, uh, share all of the generous, uh, ways that you have reviewed, um, my show and I am always beyond just, uh, beyond honored that you guys are even engaged as much as you are and the fact that you're sharing, uh, as you are. Your enjoyment of this sh- uh, of, of this podcast continue to do so. Please, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to continue to to knock these these shows out. Or as the guy on whatnot says, I got I got so many bangers in me. Continue to offer these bangers, um, and I appreciate so much that you guys go to these platforms like Apple and all the others and leave these amazing reviews. And today I'm going to read this uh, various uh, th- th- this 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 very generous review. From Xanons, Z-A-N-O-N-Z. Xanons. He left this and he said, "Rekindled my love of comics. Oh my gosh, we're starting out. You're already getting me in the fields. Rekindled my love of comics." He gives us five stars, you guys. The reviews and the stars are so important in setting this um, podcast apart and 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 just improving our standing. Uh, you know, I, I love doing this show and I and I want to reach as many people as possible. A, a Sidebar here. I know so many of you guys are are telling me that you are learning aspects of the history of comics, and that is the number one most important reason why I am even doing this show, is to share the knowledge with you guys. So thank you so much. It says, Rekindled My Love of Comics, five stars from Xanon, Z-A-N-O-N-Z. I grew up with Rob Liefeld's X-Force and Jim Lee's X-Men, but I had drifted away from comics. Rob's podcast has not only brought back amazing memories, but has introduced me to creators past and present, and now I'm as passionate as ever. From Jack Kirby's Eternals to Robert Kirkman's Walking Dead, I am going back to shows and picking up issues. Thank you for reconnecting this fan with his original obsession. P.S. I love how you talk about comic book art, breaking down the gestures, the rendering, the blocking, etc. It helps me understand what the artists are doing and has given me a new appreciation for art I didn't. Loved so much when I first saw it. Thank you again, Rob. Xanons, this, this is the kind of review that just really, again, just touches me so much. Thank you so, so very much for expressing uh, your passion and your appreciation for the show. I am out here. Uh, just having the best time talking about my passion. This is my passion. And maybe this podcast rekindled my own passion. Maybe talking about the comics was what I needed. And I am so thankful that it is reaching people like yourself. Thank you so much. You guys, you re- leave these reviews for me and I read them at the end of every show. We've been doing this for 200 plus episodes. And we're going to keep this train on the tracks. I am all over social media. I am on Twitter at Robert Leifeld. On Twitter at Robert Liefeld. The full name. They squatted. (laughs) They squatted Rob Liefeld. So I am my first, my full Robert Liefeld. Got that just in time. It's got a blue check. You know it's me. When we talk, we have mentions. We we do back and forth. I am so thrilled to be able to talk comics with you guys and share my passions with you guys on the Twitter platform at Robert Liefeld on Instagram. I am posting uh, at least once a day, I am at Rob Liefeld. I got that name just in time. My wife turned me on to Instagram, you know, just in time, early on about 11 years ago, and I was able. I was so shocked. I was able to get my actual just um, day-to-day name, Rob Liefeld. I, again, has a blue check. You know, it's really me. There are parody accounts out there. They're fakes. That's not me. I have the blue check. I love reading your mentions, your DMs, all of the shares that you do. I love speaking to you on Instagram at Rob Liefeld. So there you go. I am on Facebook. This show, Rob Observations with Rob Liefeld, has a dedicated Facebook page. Give it a like. Uh, leave a comment. I will find the like. I will find you. I will also ask you to join me on Rob Liefeld, an extreme group. That is my dedicated group on uh, Facebook that we've been running. Myself and a moderator, an administrator named Terry Sala, S-A-L-A, will be the ones that click you through either myself or Terry. The reason I tell you that is that's how you know it's our group. There's all sorts of groups, but this is our group. Rob Leifeld, an extreme group, is run by me, created by me, and moderated with Terry Sala. So head on over there. Um, swing by. We talk about everything that I've done over the course of my, uh, good God, 36, 37-year career, and anything that I have, uh, you know, if I've done The Avengers, Captain America, those are all subjects on the table because I've done literally so many... Uh, Characters over over my career, so so we cover a lot of ground over there. Rob Leifeld and Extreme Group, look for it over on Facebook. We will click you through. I am on Whatnot, this app that I cannot stop talking about because it is a great app for collectibles for a direct to consumer experience like no other. Uh, in in the in the coming weeks, I've got all new issues of Brigade. I've got a Spider-Man variant just done specifically for Whatnot. I've got a Whatnot Brigade variant. We've got all manner of Brigade variants. If you want remarks, you want signed editions directly from me, because I'm not going to a convention outside of New York Comic-Con um, for the rest of this year. And obviously, there's so many other places that we can reach, but the direct-to-consumer experience on Whatnot is is like nothing else. And there's all manner of stuff besides my appearance once or twice a week that you can, you can find collectible cards, uh, the trading card games, you can get other collectible comics, toys, Funko Pops on my show, on my Whatnot. We do. Uh, we have all manner of different Deadpool, Cable, X-Force, Pops. Uh, we, we have toys, action figures, and all the different comic books and occasionally art, remarks, sketch art that we offer on there. Look for me on Whatnot. I am Rob Liefeld on Whatnot. Check me out. You guys, especially uh, in these weekend episodes, the ones that if you're listening to this right now, this is heading into the weekend This is uh, one of our Friday shows. I just want you guys to kick back. Take some time this weekend. Kick back in the recliner, in the leather comfy chair, on the sofa, whatever. Watch some fun stuff. Maybe, you know, honestly, on Saturdays, I watch a lot of stuff that I grew up with. I'll watch cartoons, the, the Planet of the Apes cartoon from 1975. I'll watch Land of the Lost from 1975, 1976. I'll watch... Old cowboy show, stuff that just tickles me, that that inspires me, that reminds me of why I love the stuff that I love so much. I'll watch Spider-Man and his amazing friends, which came out in 1980, 81 on NBC and introduced the character of Firestar. Yes, she, like Harley Quinn, was born on a cartoon, okay, not a comic book. Feed your soul with stuff you love, creative endeavors, creative escapes, movies, today's streaming. I'm watching house of dragon. I'm watching rings of power. Okay. Th- 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 those are, those are shows I am actively involved with. And and I just lose myself in them for an hour, 90 minutes, 44 minutes, whatever is allotted. I invite you guys, come on, feed your spiritual self, your emotional self, your mental self, and your physical self. Have fun. Eat some fun food. Have a quesadilla. Have a, have a enchilada, have a pizza, have a great burger with an egg on it and bacon and all sorts of the fixings. Um, you know, have a pulled pork sandwich. Have a Philly cheesesteak. All of the good stuff. You gotta cheat. You gotta indulge and, and and tickle those pleasure centers. It's so important. Smile. Have a great time with friends. Talk about stuff you love. That's just my. Uh, I just implore that to you. It's 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 important to escape. I grab my beanbag. I plop down with a bunch of a bunch of uh, Bronze Age comics and I just relive the stuff that I love: Jim Starlin, John Byrne, Jack Kirby, Perez. Frank Miller, Walt Simonson—I just get lost in it, and it just inspires me. It—it it, it gives me that perspective. So I implore the same to you guys: take some time, really, just have fun with the food, with with the with the interaction with your friends. That is my my absolute um, wish for you, and and that you're doing good, and I'm rooting for you, and I hope you're rooting for me, guys. Catch me on the next time. On the next trip around the neighborhood, I'll be here because we will most certainly, absolutely, definitively talk again real soon.